Hey, 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 what's up, everybody? This is Bez Barami here. This is Vin. And this is episode three of CubeCast. Today, we have something really great for you guys. Uh, we're going to be talking about investing and pretty much just getting started, getting your feet wet. So uh, with that, we're going to just jump right into it. Um, so Bez, what's what's the first step that you want to take when you do this? Is it What's the warm-up? What's the mindset you want to be in? How do we get started? Well, first step number one is you got to make sure... Uh, from A to Z, you have a disciplined game plan. And uh, this is very vague, but let me, so let me just uh, uh, provide a little more color. Uh, pretty much, you have to get your debts under control. You got to get your spending under control. You have to be disciplined from in pretty much every aspect. So if you have a lot of credit card debt, for example, or you have a car payment or whatever it may be, you got to make sure that you're taking you know, the, the right course of action when it comes to how much you're spending. Make sure you keep it under control. That's an absolutely valid point, just because a lot of people don't realize when they have student debt, when they have a mortgage, that fixed percentage that you're paying is now your opportunity cost, right? You can guaranteed not pay 6 to 7% on your debt, or you can maybe make 10%, 15%, 20% in the markets, or you could lose 20%. Me personally, I'd rather pay off that 6 7% and make sure that the slate is clean. Exactly. <clears throat> and you also have to make sure uh, that you're not doing anything uh, volatile with your spending. So, oh, you're considering spending X amount of dollars, X amount of dollars, and boom, spike is going to happen. But you got to make sure you have a smooth trend so you can do some planning around. Because uh, if you really want to get ahead in the markets, it's wise to consistently keep putting a certain amount of money forth every so often. And you're right. Uh, one of the main things that everyone preaches in this industry is compounding interest. It's not about making 7% this year. It's about taking that 7% on top of your principal, adding to it, and then now making Reinvesting another, it. And then now making 7% on that larger sum. And then it just keeps multiplying on top of each other and just... Exactly. You and, know it, yep. and if you're young and you have a long time horizon, you can really leverage this in your favor. And the only way to do it is control your spending, keep your debt down, yeah. and you know, be disciplined about adding to your portfolio. Exactly. And I, I want to also put something out there that if you're listening to these podcasts, you're not going to be finding us picking individual stocks or companies that we're going to just recommend. Yes, we put out uh, research reports, give you some insight on companies, what their business models are, some pros, some cons, price targets, stuff like that. Because And that's great. But we cannot simply just come out here on this podcast and say, oh, Apple is good for you. Buy Apple. One company to somebody is a different company to another. It's one investment that might be good for someone, might not be one for another. So that's just a little like side note. If you guys are waiting for us to say buy this, buy that, it's not that clean cut, not that easy. Yep, absolutely. And everyone has their own strengths of industries that they like to know. And based off of that, we can sort of talk about bottom-up and top-down investing. Yeah, yeah. So for those that don't know, bottom-up investing is like looking for individual companies to purchase, like to add to your portfolio, and then working your way up into the industry and the sectors and stuff like that. Whereas top-down is like, okay, I don't know what I want to invest in yet, but I do like healthcare or I do like financials. And then you sift down to find the company. A lot of people start backwards. It's all about what you like to do. I am a bottom-up investor. I prefer to find companies individually and then work my way up. 
I feel like you're the opposite. Would I be right by that? Yeah, I'm more of a top-down guy. I like looking at different industries and then looking at the larger players there, and then from there sifting my way down and seeing who else is, is yeah. in the space. I, and I, I wonder which ones... I, I don't know if there's a statistic out there that would tell us which one's more favorable. I would imagine top-down is more of the norm. I mean, the advantage of the top-down is then you can sort of diversify over that industry as a whole rather than putting your eggs in one particular basket. Yeah, exactly. Because if you're going to buy an ETF, you're not going to go bottom-up. Yep. You're going to look top-down and be like, okay, I'm going to buy an exchange-traded fund that owns healthcare stocks. Yep, exactly. Uh, Agreed, agreed. And and I would even say bottom-up could be potentially more risky too, you know, because you're essentially disregarding, I don't want to say disregarding, but you kind of are the industry that a company might be in. So like, okay, I like Gilead, you know. Yeah. Gilead might be doing, what if healthcare sucks, right, for the for the next couple of years? Just throwing examples out. This is all just, just for the conversation. Gilead might be a good company, but if it happens to be an industry that's not doing too well, it's going to be hard for that company to thrive. Yeah. And another example is in technology, also in services. You have ones that are doing really well, like your Facebooks, your Apples, etc. And then you also have your ones that are not doing so well, your GoPro, your Snapchat. Yeah, your Fitbits. No, of course. Those are really easy examples. But the thing is that each one of those mindsets, each one of those approaches has its own... A bit of it that's difficult, right? Yeah. Either one's pros and cons to both. One hundred percent. That that's no doubt. Uh, So uh, yeah, it's all about taking calculated risks, though. I think in in pretty much any part of investing, uh, risks is okay. In order to get return, you have to take a certain amount of risk. It's just making sure you're taking smart risk, and that really is not something we can just answer uh, with like a blanket statement. It really comes down to who you are. And, and in order to do that, you have to read, stay updated, and, and know what's going on in the markets. Yep. Because risk is changing on a daily basis. Uh, it's not like what you bought in at is going to be consistent all the way through. Uh, popularity of companies' products changes over time. You know, different things are happening across different segments. There's new players constantly. So you always have to be watching and your risk level changes accordingly. Yeah, I, I have an even better example for you. So just recently, uh, MSCI and these other companies that, that create these uh, ETFs, right? Yeah. They're changing every so often. That Just recently, they're changing certain companies in the ETFs. Okay. Correct. Like they just yeah. announced recently that. Okay, now we're going to be adding Apple and Amazon to this certain ETF, just so you all know it's going to be in there now. If you're not up to date, you don't know, you uh, you don't keep up with it, you don't even know what's in the portfolio you just bought. Yep. Got to watch out for that stuff. Even going broader than that, the weights within the Dow Jones Index, you have to know how it's created and how, like, what the size of each individual company. Same with the S&P 500. Every company that's inside of it is weighted differently. Yep, Uh, exactly. And different indices have different industry focuses. Um, So it's it's just about finding what works for you. And and reading, I love to read different uh, companies' perspectives. So I'll go and read Vanguard's perspective. I'll go and read BlackRock's, Goldman's, and then try and see where they're at with things. So sometimes you'll find they are way off on each other. Like when you look at them, they're completely dispersed oh, all yeah. over the place. One's going to say buy and the other one's going to say sell. Yep, yep. And it it's all about uh, taking a little bit of each, seeing what's up. Sometimes you just fully agree with one company's outlook, and that's completely fine. You just have to make sure that you're also adding a little bit of your own input. You know, I, I always say it, 
think for yourself first before you even read because a lot of times you can read these companies outlooks and completely mold it to your opinion yeah come absolutely. up with your opinion first before you even read theirs and see if they match up see yeah. where you're at with things yeah and some people are swayed more than others as well and that it, it also uh, it's a little bit of an x factor from investor to investor but you have to know yourself you have to. and and accordingly take take that into account be, be very objective about it too yeah um if you, if you know you're easily swayed by argument know that going into it and yeah hopefully right? you can you can <laughs> if you're easy it. sold on things yeah. be careful <laughs> so no yeah investing itself is not something you half-ass yeah. it really isn't the like, guys you're putting your money at work here like this is no joke you can easily lose all of it yeah be careful be weary of these things watch out for fees Hell, fees will kill you guys. Oh, you yeah. have to watch out for these management fees and these expense ratios. Mm-hmm. Look for them because uh, you you think, oh, you know, 1% here or half a percent here. Eh, what the hell is that? Guys, it adds up. It adds up. Be careful. Keep a close eye on these things. And uh, there are some uh, like virtual like measures you could do on like certain websites. Yeah. And it's like put in the fee here, like all these calculations. Yeah. And you'll see after like, 30 years, like $180,000 gone in fees. Yeah. It's yeah, like, holy yeah. shit. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> so you got to be careful for that kind of stuff. All right, guys, yeah, that please. Hundred, that 180K, I could probably buy you a... Uh, That's that Porsche GT3 yeah. you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that Napa leather, yeah. bro. You, <laughs> you already know what I'm after. Yeah. So. Um, no, but I, I definitely agree with you. And and part of staying up-to-date, up-to-date sorry, uh, is not just... Is not just reading the news, but it's also being conversational with other people. You want to hear a lot of opinions and you want to be able to learn how to sift through them. Yeah. So be a part of a community, whether it be personal, online, whatever. It's hard to navigate by yourself. It, it's more than just trying to sound smart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> really? And, you know, take a beating. If you're wrong, like yep. learn from it. This is the best. Like, as we said before, it's your money, right? Exactly. And it, if if it means being humble and being like, wow, I was totally wrong, like accept that. Egos aside, the only thing that shows results at the end of the day is that end of day number on your portfolio. That's it, man. You just want, you want green. Yeah. You know, and another thing, guys, you have to remember is that green is good, right? Obviously, but all about the risk you're taking. Uh, if someone's going to get a 10% return and took on a whole world of risk, somebody who got a 6% return and, and wasn't that risky... He got less green, but man, he took a lot less risk to get it. So th- th- it's all about relativity. Yep, yep. You know, risk return trade off. That's the name of this game. Many people are jumping in right now on the altcoin trading. Listen, power to you. I hope it works out. Not nothing that we're crazy about, but there's a lot of risk there. If Absolutely. you come out with a five percent return on some altcoin trading. You better ask yourself, is that 5% worth it? Because you could easily lose 25, 30%. Oh, yeah. And I bet most student loans are 5%, 6%, 7% right now, right? So, yeah. So, you're, you're rather off paying that off. Um, it, it, it's, more, it's more than just buying and selling stocks, guys. It, mm-hmm. it really is. You need to make sure that when you're getting into the markets, you are sound on every part of your, of your own personal wealth management. Mm-hmm. Can't and, stress it enough. Yep, absolutely. And you have to convince yourself and run it by others and make sure that you can convince others too, right? If... If you can't, yeah, you can make a bet that only you solely believe in, but if you can't validate that, you have to ask yourself, is that the right move? Yeah. And yeah. you could be right. You could still be right. Listen, but, we, we've had people on our on our Instagram that said, one one fellow was like, hey, I think uh, Apple is grossly overvalued. Yeah. We, we disagree. 
uh, on multiple you know reasons but that's the beauty of the market it's one company two different perspectives that, that's that's how beautiful it is and it's good to have that discussion i'm so happy he commented on that like he yeah. said that i really yeah. am yeah because he's willing to put his opinion out there and have someone challenge it. And challenge that's what the status I. Quo, right? Exactly. And that, and I can't stress enough how much I'd love to see more people doing that because a lot of people get nervous if, if they're against the norm. But let me tell you, sometimes going against the norm in this kind of market <laughs> sometimes pays off, man. Uh, sometimes it doesn't. But heck, Warren Buffett said it himself, man, when, when you're going one way and you see everybody going that way, it might be time to get off that train and go the other. Yeah, yep, yep. Absolutely. Just think, think about these things, guys. Something that. Vin and I both do it, and it doesn't have to, you don't have to do it, but it's something we do like to do. We have two portfolios. We have one that is our, you know, moderate risk portfolio in which it's for our retirement, something you can call retirement, but pretty much your long, long term portfolio. And then we have another portfolio in which we're willing to be a little more active in, take some more risks in. I don't want to call it the get rich quick portfolio because that's not what it is. But it's where we have a little more free range to do what we think is right. Exactly. Where you can experiment, convince yourself, make that bet that you think will pay off. Yeah. Um, and accor- accordingly, we weight how much we put into each portfolio. You have right? to. You have to. And I would. I don't know about your portfolio, Vin, but I'm sure you'll attest to it. There's a lot more money in the portfolio that's built for the long term. Oh, absolutely. Come on. It's not even close. <laughs> yeah. And, and, <laughs> I know and, people like, ah, screw it. I don't care. I'm going for it. Yeah. All right. Just... I hope you know what Listen, you know the risks yeah. that are involved. That's all. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of funny. It's once you build that solid base, then you can start taking those bets that will equate to even higher returns. Yeah, where you can do that. I mean, silly example. Well, not really a silly example. Is uh, someone made the the comparison on an article because Jeff Bezos donated $33 million to some cause. I don't remember what. Oh, wow. And they said that's the equivalent of an average American. Uh, donating $16, right? <laughs> so like Jeff Bezos can donate $33 million and you can take the equivalent of a bet later on in your life where you'll just take a small piece, but it'll end up being like today's yeah. $5 will be like 10 years from now, $5,000 potentially, yeah, right? Exactly. Um, and you can take that bet then. And now you, instead of turning $5 into $20, you can change $5,000 into $20,000. Yeah. So it's, like I think building that established baseline and learning about the markets will help you later on down the line to take those calculated larger bets. Exactly. In a more effective way. Exactly. And it's all about learning too with the platforms that are out there. There are so many things. I'm sure you guys get so overwhelmed. You have companies that don't charge a dime for trades and you're like, how the hell are they even around? <laughs> do you have others that pretty much do the whole thing for you from yeah. rebalancing to to everything, to tax harvesting, you name it. Yeah, I mean, even even before then, there's so many different products oh, that please. you can invest in, right? Uh, how many thousands so, of ETFs there's got to be? Absolutely. So let's just run down it real quick for those that don't know. Um, so a stock is essentially just ownership in a corporation. So you have the rights to any of the excess revenue that's issued by the company or any dividends. Uh, and this is pr- probably the most like common thing you hear when you're first starting out investing. Um, and, and it's important to keep in mind that the value of a stock is determined by a number of factors. Uh, so it could be based off of fundamentals like that company's revenue or forecast for growth. Um, but the most important thing that I see novice investors do 
is compare, let's say, like Apple to AMD, just as a wild example. Okay. Wow, Apple's so expensive because it's almost $200 a share, but AMD's only 12 so I can buy more of AMD. Oh, uh, you're so right? right, Vin. You're so right. It's, it's actually unbelievable how much they compare. And, and they go a step further, and they'll think that Apple's only larger than AMD because it's $200 a share. So if Apple were $12 a share, it would be worth the same amount as AMD. No. No, guys, there's something all. called shares outstanding. Yeah. And when you multiply that number of shares outstanding times the stock price is how you reach what's known as the market cap of the company, the value of the company. It one dollar in a stock is not the same. It's not the same as another dollar in another stock, guys. I yep. Just make sure you know that. It's very important to know that. Uh, another product that's pretty often talked about are bonds, right? So a bond is essentially an entity that loans out money with a fixed interest rate uh, and a fixed face value. That's it. GE's putting out some bonds. They're trying to raise some money. You go ahead and scoop some up and then you collect your coupon payment every month or however, whatever way they set it up. Sometimes yep. there's there's uh, pretty much, there's all kinds of bonds. Really. There's convertible bonds that will switch into you know, stock at a certain price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some that are zero coupon bonds where you put in a certain amount of money in the beginning. It's at a deep discount. You don't yeah. collect anything monthly. You just collect the lump sum at the end. So like, okay, I'll put down, I'll give you, I'll loan you 7,000 today. I won't collect a dime until 20 years from now making things up. Yep. And then I'll collect my $10,000 at that end time. And there's so many different issuers of bonds. So you have US treasury bonds, you have corporate bonds, you have municipal bonds, and yeah, each yeah. one carries a different interest rate. Some with tax advantages and whatnot. You have tips, yeah. treasury, you know, protected. So you, I mean, the inflation protected, and yep. you have to you have to take into account all these guys. I I don't expect you all to just dive into the bond market. Is it's not as simple. I would say I, th I think the the fixed income market is a little bit more. It is uh, very complex. Complex. And I don't see a lot of millennials getting into fixed income. I wish they would get a little bit more into it, but even in the industry, like fixed no, income trading is down. I know quite a it's bit. getting kind of crazy. It's it's definitely but something. The important thing to know about bonds is that they do carry a lower level of risk than buying equity, and you can have like sort of a payout structure associated with it. And generally, what you'll see is as people near the age of retirement or want to be more conservative, they'll throw more money into bonds because they know that that portion of their portfolio will be safe. Exactly. Exactly. It's a great way to diversify, great way, great way to take some risk off the table. Um, and then you have to also look into a Standard & Poor's, a Moody's, a Fitch on the ratings, which can get a little weird, but uh, they all have different tables. Just just eye them up. We've done some uh, posts about it. Yeah. You can probably find it on Instagram. Uh, we'll, put, we'll make another post sometime in the future just to help you guys out with that. So make sure that you know you're looking at the quality of the bonds too and, and see what's right for you. And, and the interest rate is going to be associated with that risk, right? Like your U.S. Treasury bond is not going to carry the same interest rate as like a corporate bond. No, you'd expect a lot more return investing in a company uh, or, you know, in their bonds as opposed to just, the, you know, the United States government. So, yep. and, and rightfully so. <laughs> and and touching a little bit upon that, uh, that sort of portfolio allocation that we were talking about earlier, where some people will have bonds uh, to be less risky. There's also mutual funds and ETFs, which take care of this allocation for you. Yep. Whether it be a trend, like we were talking about earlier in the, the bottom up and top down version of uh, approaches to investing, or whether it be rebalancing what, like, on a target date, right? Let's say I want to retire in 2055 or 2045. Yeah, yeah. You can buy a fund that takes care of this for you. Exactly. So essentially what a mutual fund or ETF is, 
is uh, just a fund in, managed by a financial professional that has a set objective. And that fund generally can't deviate from no, that objective. Yeah, no, no, not not whatsoever. And uh, it's it's important to look at all these things, guys. Uh, exchange traded funds, ETFs, have definitely gained in popularity significantly. They actually just seen their their most significant uh, inflow yeah. of all time. Oh. Over four hundred billion dollars flowed into ETFs in twenty seventeen. Yep, and that's breaking the new high that was made in 2016 of like 250 billion. You have to crazy think growth. Vanguard, which is a company that offers many mutual funds, BlackRock, which issues and manages many ETFs, uh, like combined, they have over $11 trillion under their management. Unbelievable. Well, that's between market gains and new inflows, but yeah. just goes to show how much money is in this sector. But mutual funds and ETFs, as we said before, uh, they're a larger basket managed by investment professionals for a specific target market. And this is what we were talking when we were talking about fees earlier. This is where you have to be very careful. You really have to look at the fees here. And again, this is part of your calculated risk in terms of is investing in this industry really worth the amount of fees that I'm going to have to pay uh, based off of the return. Exactly, exactly. You know, because there's really guys, you'd be surprised at how many, how many different kinds there are. And Really cool one that's coming out soon. Uh, I don't know the company that's putting it out, but they're going to do uh, some blockchain ETFs, which yep. I thought is very cool. Watch out for the fees on those. Uh, I, I'm, I'm anticipating them because it's going to be like the first ETFs in the market to do that. Probably be a little steep, but yep. if they're owning a whole basket of blockchain companies that are in that uh, in that space, might be something to look into, you know, like fast growing pace because we don't maybe know one blockchain company that is going to make it. So yeah. like, you know what? Screw it. I'm knowing the whole basket of 25, 30 companies that are in that ETF. And, and I'm just going to spread gonna them. Maybe, maybe, maybe one of them wins, and then you never know. So uh, it's a good way to spread your risk, and uh, you just have to ask yourself, is the fee worth spreading that risk? Mm-hmm. Most More often than times, it, it is. It is. Yeah. So now we touch on a couple of different products. Let's talk about platforms, because when you're getting started, yeah, we're talking about stocks, bonds, ETFs, and you can do all the research you want. At the end of the day, you want to execute on that strategy or on that thing that you want to buy, right? Yep. The thing you've convinced yourself on, where do you do it? You need the platform that is going to support that goal. And if you're going to become a day trader, these free tools out there you know, that have no, no fees whatsoever... They don't provide you with the charts that you need to give you the, the you know every the tools necessary to get the job done. Uh, there's some companies out there that, like we mentioned, will take care of everything. And if that's all you want, you want a laid back approach, don't really want to get too involved. There's there's stuff out there for you too. Make sure it's a very competitive market, which is very good, guys, because what that does is it drives fees down for us. Uh, that's for damn sure. If there's one thing I can say about the financial services industry, everything is pretty much. Uh, come down significantly in oh, costs. Yeah. It's a it's a rat race to zero, right? Yeah. Um, so first it started out with traditional brokers where you have to pay like like way back in the day, like $10, $20, $30 just to make a trade, right? So if you're buying a AMD, that's two shares, three shares right there, right? Yep. Uh, and then, then you also have, now we have online brokerage houses, um, just to name a few, we have Scott Trade, TD Ameritrade, Schwab, all those sorts of things. They basically charge you a fixed flat fee somewhere between like five and ten dollars per yeah, trade. That's, that's about right. Uh, the ten dollar guys have to come down soon. Yeah, yeah. You know they're they're feeling the heat. TD bought out Scott Trade. I think they're finalizing that deal now. Yeah. Uh, where Scott Trade's going to just become a TD platform now. I think uh, they've all been notified of that. Yeah. 
Um, so that's something that to keep nowhere. Then I think them merging says a lot about where the industry is heading. When you yep. see these companies merging like this to try and get some economies of scale going, to yeah. get these costs down, to build up their AUM, there is a lot of downward pressure on pricing here. And yep. it, it, it's only good for the consumer. Yep. It's only good for the investors. And also part of this uh, consolidation means that you'll have access to a wider basket of tools, research, as well as uh, products that you can invest in. Right. For example, certain platforms may not give you access to certain products. Like if you want to invest in oil, maybe you won't have access to the, the um, future, like to trade futures on this platform. Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, do you want to buy, sell or do you want to short something? Some of the no commission and simpler platforms, i.e. your Robinhood and other competitors, which are now starting to pop up. Yeah, they are. Uh, they don't offer those facilities. Right. As well as their quotes aren't always up to date. Exactly. Right? And we have to make sure we don't forget about this, Vin. With with regard to the the platforms for trading cryptos, you got to be careful there, too. Some people are not able to get in. They're having trouble creating their account. Sometimes the, the, the platforms are down. Sometimes they're having trouble uh, pulling their money out. Yeah. Lots of things there, too, to keep in mind. Because I know a lot of people are they want to hear about crypto, want to hear about crypto. Just a little bit on that. I know you keep more up to date on the on the Coinbase's and all that stuff. Yeah, all the different exchanges, the Binance, the Bitfinex, and all that sort of stuff. Obviously, the different platforms will have different fees associated with it. Yeah, the, the reason I brought it up was just so people know that this doesn't just pertain to your sky trades and stuff like that. Like th this is across the board. Yep. Got to watch out for these things, guys. Absolutely, and the people that used to trade with a broker physically are looking for the same things when they look at an online platform and the people on the online platform are looking at the same things when they look at the free platforms. Um, yep. But then there's another brand of, of platforms like Stash, like Acorns and all that sort of stuff. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Yeah, I think they're pretty cool. I think they're, um, they're pretty innovative too. It's like Stash does something really cool where they have like themed ETFs. So like it makes it a little bit easier for you to understand what exactly you're buying into. And uh, they pretty much a hands-off approach there. And then you have Acorns, which is like you purchase something and they send the excess change, they round up and that goes into your account, which I think is also pretty cool. Yeah, but it's also important to realize that there's fees associated with these guys as well. Yep, yep. They're not, they're not, they're not free, that's for sure. So yep. be wary of that too, guys. You, you have a Betterment out there, mm -hmm. which is like a full, full-on passive... Uh, investing approach where you answer a questionnaire, you uh, they, they pretty much calculate everything for you, the allocation, and you sit back and just pretty much direct deposit every month the amount that you need to put in to achieve a certain goal. They have all the the, the pretty much equations and calculations yep. done for you. And around those ones, you'll generally see a lot more marketing because they're looking to gain more AUM under their platform uh, and really show off the fact that they're easy to use and all that sort of stuff. So it's great for a novice investor that just wants to get started. Yeah. Um, but my personal opinion is that you want to stick to a more traditional ETF. But hey, different different strokes for different hey, listen, folks, man. Yeah, what, what, is, um, what does Betterman have? Like 5 billion in AUM yeah. since, uh, since I last checked, which is, hey, that's, that's awesome. That's a, that's a pretty sizable amount. I'd say it's, they got some good demand going there. Yeah, and, uh, and don't be skewed by promotional offers, right? There's a ton of different exchanges that'll give you promotional offers. Hey, we'll let you trade for free, but for 90 days only. Yeah. But if yeah. you're a long-term investor, that, that 90 days is only 90 days out of your 20, 30, 40 years of investing. Yeah, and it's the hook. Yeah, it's they the try, hook. They try to get you and right? just, guys, it's, it's really no different than anything else in life, really. Just 
take a look at what things cost in comparison to others, see if it's worth it for you, and 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 make the choice. If you do decide to pick one, it's not that hard to transfer to another one, guys. So don't, don't think like, oh, I got in, I'm stuck. Damn. Yeah. It don't work that way. Yeah. So you can always move it around. It it is like a little bit of legwork. So I wouldn't do it like a credit card where oh, there's like a hundred free on five hundred. I'm gonna get this one. Then yeah, I'm yeah. I, I don't suggest swapping uh, accounts often, but. Um, if you guys do want to take that into account, the, uh, the multiple account approach that me and Vinny, uh, apply by all means, we, we like it. It helps us, uh, with, with our strategies. So that's just, that's just two cents, uh, that we do. So, um, other than that though, I think we pretty much covered a lot here and I just want to recap. Yeah. There's so much that we covered between before you start. And what you do after you actually start. Yep. Right? So before you start, you want to make sure you have your debt in check and your discipline in terms of your spending and the fact that you can contribute to your investments continuously over time. Uh, you want to learn about the markets, how they work, look at different industries, see what you're more comfortable with. Do you like analyzing industries or do you like really getting into the nitty gritty of a particular company? Yep. Right? Because there's always someone that stands out from the crowd in a particular industry. Exactly. Right? Great points. Um, and then from there, you want to come up with an objective and see what you want to execute on. And you really just want to do a ton of legwork to understand the basics. Yeah. Uh, because you're going to have to change your, your portfolio continuously. So you want to know what to do when certain things happen. Yep, exactly. Because that's just, just really quick. That also applies to econ- the economy changing and your own personal life you know, your own goals are changing. Absolutely. You yeah. know, something That's unexpected happens. Like so- someone, God forbid, passes away. Or you have, instead of uh, just having one kid, you're, you had twins. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. These are things that happen every single day. Plan accordingly. Be ready for everything. You never know what's going to happen. Yep. And th- that's pretty much it, guys. I, I hope this was a-, a very beneficial podcast for you. This was a good episode, I feel. And uh, it's one that we're going to keep diving into uh, more specifically as time passes. But we're going to slowly get there um, because you you can easily get inundated with all the stuff that's going on today in the markets. And we're looking forward to diving more into our strategies, diving more into specific products. We have a couple of edge reports that will be released soon. Yep. Um, So keep an eye out for those where we'll kind of go into how we analyze companies and what sort of things that we look for. And also, guys, everything that we talked about in this episode will be published in an investment guide so you can see it on paper recap for you. So that pretty much wraps it up, guys. I think uh, in those last 30 minutes here, you're ready to become multi-billionaires. So uh, that's pretty much it for us. You guys have yourselves a great day, and we'll talk soon. (laughs) 